HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for coming to the Speaker's Corner, sponsored by the Montreal Tourism Board. Um, here to lead Montreal A Taste Journey and introduce our panelists is moderator and former visuals editor of Bon Appetit, Emily Eisen. Hi, everyone. Thanks for all coming in from Montreal for today and tomorrow. Uh, today, you know, Montreal's always been one of those cities that everyone has been talking about, the food scene, and it's really actually, I mean, for me, I think about the wine. The wine in Montreal, you can drink some things there that you can't find anywhere else, and, like, I think the secret is kind of out. So today we're going to talk a little bit about that, and we have with us Julie, uh, an importer in Montreal, Emily, a sommelier, and George, who makes some cider as well, and me. Honey wine. Uh, so, to get started, I think it's. We'll. I guess we'll start with the first wine that um, we are going to be getting having poured in your glass. Uh, the Noctambul. Emily, do you want to talk a little bit about what we have? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we picked um, four wines and one mead that Giro was making, um, and I. Picked some wines. Uh, everything besides Pinot Rifi is not represented here uh, in New York or in the U.S. Um, it's all very small producers uh, that are around three three hectares each. Um, they're all people that are working naturally um, in in very different ways, uh, but they're all producers that. I, I love very much that uh, we buy at the restaurant, and I think we all agree here that they're some of the best that are uh, producing wine in Montreal. Um, the first wine that uh, we picked is uh, Petnat, made by Negondos. It's called Noctambule, and it's um, a Petnat made of 100% Ceval, which is a hybrid, and it's also the most planted um, white grape in Quebec. Um, Negondos, uh, just a few words about them, not to uh, not 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 to uh, eat the mic here. But Negondos uh, is um, an estate that started in 1993. Um, they are a couple that were the first ones to start working organic in um, all of Quebec. They're planted only to hybrids on about three hectares. They're in Mirabel, so about half an hour uh, away from Montreal. Um, they're making all sorts of different wines. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of their pet nuts. They do a white and a red as well. Um, and they started making this cuvee. Uh, this is their second vintage of this, uh, 
particular one. And so, Julie, I think a big part about uh, influence on the city's wine scene has to do with the importers. Absolutely. How, does it, how do you feel like your role is, you know, uh, how do you feel about your role in Montreal? My role is to, hi everybody. Hi, um, thanks for being here. <laughs> um, as a wine importer, and as a natural wine importer, a role is to educate and to uh, kind of share the passion and the love that we have for the small wine winemakers and small in terms of, of how can I say it's not they're not small winemakers but they just have a small small wineries um, and it's our job to uh, talk to the sommeliers like Emily and kind of share the passion okay I went to this uh, vineyard and okay they work this way and uh, it's the family and we're basically defending farmers you know um, uh, people that do agriculture uh, in a way that is respectful of um, of the earth, but also uh, the human. And now it's it's a big, uh, obviously it's a big concern, you know, health, environment, um, you know. So we our role is to raise awareness, to raise consciousness about what not only what we're eating but what we're drink, drinking, because when you drink, you you vote basically. Yeah, and then once it gets through your hands. Emily, you're the next kind of point of contact. Yeah, um, the, the Montreal market, like, as you know, I, I do know the New York market as well in terms of importing, right. but the Montreal market is loaded with very good wine and very good uh, natural wine also. So, you know, as a sommelier, like, if you do have um, an inclination towards buying natural wine, you definitely have a lot to choose from. Um, and and a lot of really awesome importers that are very um, very hard hardworking and and presenting a lot of wines that are not just um, unicorn labels that everybody are chasing. <laughs> so there you know there's there's more to it. Um, and it's so yes it's I. Can I say it's easy to make a wine list in Montreal? I'm not gonna go there, but, but it's definitely um, it's definitely very stimulating and interesting for sure. Do you see a difference between the consumer in Montreal and the consumer in, let's say, New York or Paris or another city? Uh, I mean, uh, for my part, I, yeah, I do. I think that the people in, in Montreal are very curious, very educated. Yeah. Uh, very, I'm not saying the people elsewhere are not. <laughs> but uh, I, I think the, the people in Montreal, you know, you can, in my restaurant, for example, I can sell anything to anyone because the people there, almost, but the people there are very open-minded. Uh, they're, you know, they're not scared of things that they don't know, uh, that they've never seen before, labels, producers, Regions. I sell so much wine from Czech Republic and Slovakia in my restaurant, and people are like, "I didn't even know they made wine there." But then, you know, it's it's um, it's easy to bring them along and like have them kind of get in that same vibe. So I think we have um, not only we're a lot of importers, we're also now a lot of uh, natural wine importers, and so a lot of agents um, selling wine, going to see all the sommeliers. Um, there's just there's a lot of choices, and we're um, we're, we're, we're sorry we're really um, we're, the offer is is just crazy is great, and and I'm sure for Emily it's not easy to make a wine list because the choices are unlimited, and uh, I think the consumer um, in Montreal drink a lot of wine. They've been drinking a lot of wine, but now they want to drink better wines, um, and the offer is there. So um, yeah, basically. 
That's and we're not stuck also, like sometimes in big cities, I, I feel like sometimes you're, you're stuck in kind of that style of service and wine drinking and wine approach, and approach to wine just generally. I think, I think in Montreal, like, you know, there's, there's so much to discover and like people have very different approaches. A lot of really young sommeliers, a lot of, uh, a lot of women, a, a lot of uh, men too, but like all of this is kind of a really interesting boiling melting pot for, for to get to the, the guest after. And, and also if I can add, uh, as importers, we sometimes we take risks uh, importing wines that are not really known, um, like let's say red bubbles from Northern Italy. Uh, when we started importing that, it was hard to sell, um, let's say two, th three years ago, and now we're always sold out. I mean, uh, so we're, we're taking risks, and then we're going to see people like Emily and say, okay, this is really great, you have to taste that, you have to help us uh, setting the, the, the trend, not only the trend, but opening the minds with us. So it's kind of, it's really a big uh, teamwork that we're doing. And also, you know, all the trend about, it's not a trend now, orange wines, you know, maceration wines of whites. Basically, that started a few years ago, but now it's just bursting and we're always sold out. All the importers, we sell the orange wine like this. Like, we don't even have to make people taste it. They just buy it and so they get into that, Yes, they think basically it's a trend, and they, they, oh, it's in fashion to drink that, but when you get them there, you can also have them taste something else that you actually have a harder time to maybe to, to, to sell. So um, yeah, we're using the trends, but also that's to just have more people drinking natural wine. Uh, <coughs> and I think also it's because um, this movement started maybe like 10, 20, 15 years ago, and now more and more people are getting educated with that in the rest, in restaurants or, mm -hmm. and so it's maybe more easy and it's also creating more and more curiosity. It's yeah. always come increasing, increasing. And, uh, and uh, for, for us, it's also, a, uh, we benefit of, of this curiosity because only once it's not, uh, it's something you have to explain a lot. So as people are used to get explanation about uh, natural wine, it's uh, then it's easier for us to. It's the same kind of explanation. Yeah. So if if it was not like this, it would. But it, it was really hard before for us to explain what we were yeah. doing. So it was kind of. Uh, so a more equal curiosity between the drinker and the sommelier yeah. or the importer. Yeah, I think now they they also wanted to to drink something uh, always something new like orange wine like uh, like you said red uh, red wines white mm -hmm. sparkling wines. Uh, also in the beer, in the microbrewery uh, movement. Mm -hmm. So uh, cider is also growing. So it's like uh, we were part of this. Uh, it's exploding. So a lot of diversity yeah. uh, on what is offered in, in the restaurant. I think a good word to describe drinking and you know the, the whatever is on offer in Montreal and the reaction from the public. I think I think the word fearless is pretty good. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we like can, you, you know, just put you in context, but Jeho makes a, a honey wine. He has a stand here at Raw. Uh, he's been having one for three years and he makes crazy good honey wine and they're on literally every good wine list in the city because if it's good, it's good, we'll drink it. You know, it's, there's, it's not just because he's amazing and we know him, it's because people are <laughs> open-minded and, you know, they're excited about a lot of different things. And, and Montreal consumers are excited about drinking local wines, yeah. you yeah. know, because well, it's, now it's kind of, we're, we're new doing this basically, you know, when you compare Quebec, Canada, 
to like Italy or France, we're new at making wine. So, um, so we're excited about, about having good products uh, and that we're proud of. Um, so now it's, it's easier to sell to the, the, the customers because it's good. It's actually really, really good. Um, so that sets uh, different trends and about uh, local drinking and yeah, we need people like uh, Giro more and more and it's, yeah, it's and starting. And I think in the world it's that the fact that in Montreal you find a lot of local uh, alcohol, yeah. uh, it's also like creating an identity different to other natural wine place in the world. Yeah. So it's a, it's a chance for people to get in to have uh, maybe a new experience also. Also with uh, what we have in the plates, but also in the glass. And what are the, some of the challenges you face making honey wine in Quebec? I mean, the climate is pretty extreme at times. Yeah, but at the same time, it's good for bees to have a real winter. Uh -huh. And we don't ha when we don't have a real winter, like two years ago, uh, a lot of parasites develops in, in the hives. And so after that, we have a lot of losses because as we are working organically in, in the hive also, mm -hmm. we only treat with uh, essential oils and sometimes the treatments are not so efficient. <laughs> so, and especially when the winter are, are not cold. Right. Uh, so it's, a, it's an advantage <coughs> at, at the same time. It's but it's true that we have to prepare all the bees for the winter, it's more work. Uh, but then the season is so incredible. In like two or three months, we get maybe double uh, amount of honey that you get in Europe. But but there in Europe, it's maybe in eight months. Huh. So it could be crazy also. And and also the good thing is we are really north in in uh, uh, in, in Quebec, and so we we have uh, really wild uh, flowers, we have a lot of diversity also. So we also uh, provide like uh, good diversity in kind of honey we, we could have. And we try to express them in only wines. <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> Shall we talk about what's in the glass? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll present this one. <laughs> so uh, Biz de Fun is, uh, uh, basically, we, we made this kind of family bees, that is called bees. It's a five, so all 5% uh, alcohol, sparkling, uh, only wines. Uh, this one is made from uh, linden honey. And uh, as we don't have uh, natural yeast in honey because it's too much sugar, we get the, the yeast from the pollen that we harvest also in the, in the eyes. So we made kind of short uh, leaven with some honey, some water, some pollen grain and uh, when it starts in fermenting we transfer all of it in, in the world tank. Um, fermentation took like one month. Uh, it's pretty long even if it's only 5% alcohol but we don't have nutrients. We have a lot of complex sugar so it's a bit longer to ferment and uh, before the end of fermentation we transfer in a closed tank to get natural sparkling. It's the same fermentation so we don't add anything for, for, for sparkling and uh, Right after spark sparkling, we put in bottle. It's also, bees is also a family of only wine, but we want to express the raw ingredients. So right after sparkling, bottling, and uh, yeah, just have fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's written on the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I think of one thing that's really different about Montreal and wine in Montreal is that everything is controlled by the government, the SAQ, and 
the, do you want to describe some of the complications and the complexities to, to <laughs> um, Yeah, it's, it's not easy. We have to be really motivated to be uh, wine importers. We're actually wine agents. Basically, we're, you know, we're kind of employees of the SEQ. <laughs> um, or we could say it's like a, a, a partner that is uh, work, that works for, that's a government partner. So because um, each time we decide to order something, we have to actually front the money. We actually have to buy the whole order, order to the, the monopoly and then, then, okay, they take care of it, they go pick it up, that's great. Um, but then, you know, it takes three months from the moment that we prepay to the moment that we can actually sell the wine. And we don't even own it. It's in the, 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 the monopoly warehouses and uh, they deliver to the clients. And each time we sell one case, they kind of reimburse us we, one case at a time. So it's kind of, we have a line of credit, so we have to put money into the SEQ, and it's, we use it as a line of credit. So, and we don't control, we have a limited time to sell the wines also, uh, like five months, you know? So sometimes when you work with natural wine, um, depending on the transport, it can take maybe three months for the wines to actually be stable. Not always, sometimes, first day it tastes great, but some of the wines, Something it takes a few months to, to be ready to sell, so we kind of have to hurry up and, and also team up with uh, our assembly clients and you know ask them, okay, can you can you help us? Can, I know it's not ready. Can you take some? And you know they help up. So it's it's teamwork basically. It's not easy to, to import wine in Montreal, but we do it. We do it gladly, and we're we still believe it's the best uh, the best place in the world to sell wine. Yeah. And how does that as a buyer? How do you have to kind of What's your mindset with buying things that you know work now versus helping well, out the mm -hmm. distributors? So what Julie was saying actually is that every single thing that has alcohol in it that's coming from outside of the province has to go through the SAQ, um, which has certain advantages, like the SAQ is taking care of paying all of the growers, they make sure they're paid on time, you know, they, they do the pickups, they uh, do the transportation, like this is one less thing that uh, importers have to think about. Uh, I think in terms of what's not advantageous is um, there, there, there's a lot of things, um, you know, I, we can't like buy wine that hasn't been through the monopoly, so we're, we're not able, for example, if my friend is really rich and has a big wine collection, I cannot buy this wine collection from this friend and sell it in my restaurant, which is something you can do here in New York. Uh, well, I mean, it's a little bit more complicated than that, but, <laughs> but you know, and for us, this is something that's never uh, gonna happen. It's also, um, the, the market is really set up for, um, for, I mean, it's also the same elsewhere, but it's very much uh, the, it, it's very much the case in Montreal that everything is set up uh, to be sold really early. So as the wines are coming in, then uh, you, it, it creates that market of like, we're drinking all recent vintages and it's harder to put our hands on, on things that are yeah. older that have a little bit more, um, that had a little bit more time to think. Um, but, you know, overall it's, you know, it's the system we kind of have to work yeah, along we have with to. it. Like it's not, it's, if, it's not even easier to, to import wine. Or no, it's not. Like, importing wine anywhere is not. Yeah, is not importing easy. alcohol. Yeah. It's that's you know, it's not easy. But, but we do it. <laughs> at the same time, the SAQ like ten years ago, it was not like this. It was really harder. But I think like oh, there is so much wine agency that are always uh, uh, starting in the market. But 
the circuit is pushed to move and to do something for yeah. to to, deli to because I know it's also a new market and they know that uh, people want this natural wine so they now also uh, propose natural wine on the on their store so yeah, it's, uh, it's on a the sign shelf. on the shelves yeah. yeah I think I think the I'm sorry but just one thing about the SAQ that y'all need to know is that. The SAQ compared to the LCBO, which is the one in Ontario, is like paradise, you know, because in Ontario it's it's even like it's 50% more difficult. It's very, very hard to import and buy and just be a consumer in Ontario. So in Montreal, like in Quebec, yes, we do have the SAQ, but there's a really good offer for wines, uh, both on private and on the shelves um, for for all of the consumers. So it's... Yeah. And SAQ is delivering. And they deliver. So it's <laughs> and they deliver. That's yeah. just that. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. even if you're in the north of Quebec, they yeah. deliver to the, the nearest uh, the store. Nearest so it's like, yeah. 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 And the SAQ is the only place you can buy wine as a consumer in Montreal. That is not true. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Since uh, two, almost two years, mm -hmm. uh, Quebec growers, we are able to sell to uh, uh, groceries, uh, ah. like kind of, yeah, all the big groceries and even butcher like shops, uh, yeah, butcher shops, yeah. uh, fine groceries, and uh, organic groceries. And that's only growers. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And, and then consumers can also buy directly from the importers. They can buy directly, but it's still going to go through the monopoly system. It's just that, let's say, the consumer tastes a wine in, in a restaurant. Oh, it's a private importation. You can contact the agent. So we get the order. We process it for the client, and the client gets it delivered to an to an SEQ uh, branch. So, yeah, I mean, and it, the only thing is that we have to sell by the case yeah. because the SEQ does not provide uh, access to the warehouse. So it's not like I can go there and say, okay, I'm, let me take a bottle of this or that. I can't. So it's by the case. But I mean, people now are so curious in Montreal and Quebec that. Um, they buy the case and they don't just buy one. Sometimes they just they pair up a few friends yeah. They buy a few yeah. cases together and they share and they're happy to do it and they're they're really good clients now We it's growing each week. We have tons of orders from consumers, so it's doable What do you think what do you think the biggest changes um, to the wine scene presently and in the past you know, 10 years? How has it evolved and how has it changed and where do you guys think it's heading? Um, I think it's getting in a good place. Um, I started working in a natural wine business 10 years ago almost, and uh, it, was, it was a challenge to, to sell natural wine from Languedoc that is not really, how can I say, funky. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really like to use the term, but I think you'll understand what I mean. And now, you know, people want more than that. I mean, yeah, of course, Languedoc wines are amazing. But they, they are curious. They want to drink wine from Slovakia, from Austria, from Brazil, from sure. everywhere, from Quebec. Um, so it's evolving. The consumer is, is, is really curious, um, asking a lot of specific questions. Sometimes we, we ask our, our winemakers, we represent about 45 small wineries, and we ask them all the technical information. And they're, why? Why do you want to know that? Well, the consumers want to know. Uh, and they're, they're amazed, they, they can't believe it. And when they come to Montreal, they understand that the clientele is just you know, thirsty with knowledge and they, want, they ask so many questions. And when they come to Montreal, they understand the energy 
in restaurants, in wine bars, and, and they, they say, I, all, all the time they say, I've never seen that in my life, you know? And all the, the you know, restaurant owners, sommeliers, chefs, we are very young, so they've never seen that. You know, they're used to going in, in restaurants in Paris and, and you know, in old, older cities where, um, you know, people are, you know, they've been doing that forever, so they have older people in place, and, and in Montreal, it's just everybody's so young and, and curious, and they travel a lot. Uh, as importers, we travel a lot, but also the sommeliers, the chefs travel, so it's just so rich. Uh, the gastronomy scene and the wine scene in Montreal, you, yeah. What about you? Uh, I wasn't there 10 years ago, so <laughs> I can't comment on this. Well, me, I just arrived 10 years ago in Quebec. Uh, I think if it was just the beginning, like some wine agency, but uh, start to, uh, but they were already importing natural wines, but uh, I think something changed like before, to become a wine agent, you need to have one producer that was listed in SAQ store. Yeah. But after that, they changed that rule, and I think that was also the beginning of like a big movement. Everybody can just, if they go in France, meet a winemaker, they think it's good, they, they import it, like you just start a company and uh, import it. So it's, uh, I think, what was one of the change. Uh, and we, I think also maybe like all the, um, uh, the young people coming uh, that were educated about wine in uh, maybe the HQ or whatever, it's yeah. like a uh, culinary school in, in, in Montreal. Uh, they, they arrive in restaurants, in, uh, in SAQ, also in SAQ store. Mm -hmm. And I think all this, it was, everything was not coordinated, but it's uh, happen at the same time, and um, yeah, I, uh, that's, uh <laughs> but most of the thing is, I've, it's also the curiosity of the people. It's uh, uh, and um, and also in well, it's a mix also of uh, all the culinary uh, culture that uh, that uh, people uh, have from France from. Uh, from Asia, from uh, North America, from uh, everywhere. And Montreal is a place where everything is mixed at, at the, around uh, the kitchen. So it's, uh, it's also this curiosity that, uh, that was transferred in the, in the wine. Yeah. Yeah. The, the city is very cosmop cosmopolitan. So uh, that, brings, that brings food from everywhere. So wines from everywhere. Uh, people that are very open-minded. Um, I don't know. I mean, obviously, we're speaking about our, our city, um, but we're, we have we've been told that we have a very open-minded and, and um, curious city. Um, so yeah, I think it, it really helps to bring in wines uh, from everywhere around the world. And even if if it's difficult, and even if the the market is not ready for that specific kind of wines, they they get there. It doesn't take a lot a long time. Um, yeah, you should definitely And, and also people, they, they want to travel by uh, what they are eating. Yeah. It's, it was the same when they go in SAQ. It's always like, okay, French wine, French wine, Italian wine. And for us, it was difficult because, ah, Quebec. So we are not traveling <laughs> if we go to <laughs> Quebec wine. So, okay, no. <laughs> but uh, that's why it was hard for us at that time. But now, 
uh, it's like they, are, they have look about everything around the world. <laughs> We're also a bit coming back to <laughs> Quebec. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's, it was like a travel for everybody. They go in that uh, Greek restaurant and everything, but after chef makes all these entrances also. So it's, it create, it's creating something new. Mm -hmm. uh, I think also the chefs are really going into the countryside, into, even if to in, into the wide parts of Quebec to get some, uh, some little fruits that we didn't know before or where, uh, that uh, chefs weren't working with it. So there is this research of something uh, to find our identity in the, in the plate. So, uh, it's translating to the wine as well. Yeah. 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 Emily, do you want to tell us about this mixed wine? I do want to tell you about this wine so much. I mm. hope everybody took a sip just now because this is a very special wine. <laughs> this wine is uh, called Le Couchant. It's from a winery called Les Pervenches, uh, which is in Farnham. So again, about an hour away uh, from Montreal. It's um, a winery that's owned by a couple called Mike and Veronique. They've been making wine. They bought this estate uh, in, uh, in the year 2000 because they, this estate had already 10-year-old Chardonnay uh, on the property. So in this glass is the, um, the oldest vines of Chardonnay in all of Quebec. Le Couchant is a parcel. Well, I mean, they're, they're, their whole site uh, is by the forest, but these are the vines that are closer to the forest, so that's where the sun sets, um, and they get the best exposition, exposition and it's also their uh, oldest vines. Uh, Mike and Vero took five years to convert to organic and uh, biodynamic. They're now certified for both, and um, they also evolved a lot in their style of winemaking over the years, but there's been a, a very big change uh, since 2011 and 12. Um, they really started, um, I mean, they never, uh, no, that's not true, I'm, I shouldn't say that. Um, but they stopped using everything, basically. They just, these are very naked. Um, and in like 14, 15, 16, 17, and now uh, this vintage, um, Le Couchant is made, uh, it's pressed whole bunch and then uh, aged in um, old barrels without any sulfur added uh, at any point. I think this bottle has a tiny bit at bottling, but we're talking about this. So, um, yeah, it's, it's one, it's, I think we all agree that it's yeah. probably the best wine coming out of Quebec, so I'm really excited to pour this here uh, today. It's, and it's, it's this, a very special bottle. Yeah, yeah. and, and we, we try to bring the winemakers from outside to see them when, when I, I mean, you know, I, it's kind of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mike and Vero are like incredible farmers, incredible farmers, and I cannot emphasize that enough, and, and they're a really nice visit to do if you, if you do come um, up north. But they're also like, they're not represented anywhere else but in Quebec. They sell out of their wine because we literally go crazy over these wines uh, in the restaurant industry and also with uh, private customers. Um, so they never really have wine to sell, to be fairly honest. They sell out and like, whenever they release something, they sell out. Um, 
five minutes later, so it's pretty hard to get, but uh, you can get some in all of the really good butcher shops in Montreal. So <laughs> if, you do, if you do travel, you can get some of Jérôme's wine at the same, at the same time. <laughs> I think their, their mindset is really interesting and really representative of the wine scene in Montreal because they make these incredible wines with almost zero intervention, yeah. and they make them for their community. Yeah. And I think that's a really big part about a really big difference for me about the Montreal wine scene is that it's so much about the community, the community of drinkers, yeah. importers, sommeliers, yeah. everyone kind of feels really connected. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it's and that, that's what we want also as importers is especially, well, especially of course, natural wine importers, we're all a big family. You know, it would be easy to, to be competitors, but that's not how we personally, we, we don't see it that way in Le Vin Alivoil, our company. We also, we always try to unite everybody. Um, we had the first uh, raw wine fair um, on last Thursday, and we were able to gather 31 uh, agents to make this a success. We were sold out uh, almost uh, automatically, uh, not only in terms of uh, winemakers' participation, we had over 100 winemakers, and we had to stop just because of space, yeah. uh, but I'm sure we would have had at least the same amount here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And uh, in terms of uh, uh, trade uh, public, that was all sold out. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, the, the community is really um, very, very, very tight. But also, yeah, like most tight. of the most of the best winemakers, except one in Quebec, is all of these wines are only sold in Quebec. Yeah. So that's you know that adds to the. That adds to the, the, the seductive point of coming to visit well, it, would, it, it would be interesting if they were able to export, but they would need to produce more, or yeah. they would have to dedicate some... And most of them don't, don't want to grow at all. Like, Mike, I think, planted like 0.5 hectare uh, this year, and he was like, that's too much. I don't want to <laughs> do that. <laughs> like they're, they're, most of them have around three, three and a half, and I think everybody's pretty happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so I think it will encourage other growers in, in Quebec. It's exploding right now. It's, it's a exploding. Lot of people yeah. are it's it's yeah. better it's and it's getting better and better, yeah. you know? So it's just the beginning for us. We, we see it as, it's just like kind of, yeah, starting. I can, yeah. I can name, I won't do it, but I could name 10 people right now that I know that are moving from another career and planting vines in Quebec. So I think in yeah. five years, yeah. it's gonna be really crazy. Yeah. yeah, when I arrived in Quebec, I think uh, in, we are like uh, twin, we have 20 people making honey wines, uh, so that have only one permit, and it was almost the same with uh, grapes 10 years ago, but now it's mm -hmm. maybe 200 or maybe 300 people that have uh, an alcohol permit for wine uh, growing. So it's, it's production. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's the same with uh, craft beer; it's completely exploding. It's, 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 yeah, with alcohol also, distilled alcohol, it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's amazing. So with a few minutes left, I was thinking about opening up questions. Yeah, one? and let's pour the, the red wine so yeah. we can taste it. Yeah. <laughs> Does anyone have any questions for the panelists? <laughs> um, the red wine that she's pouring is from um, 
another producer, uh, really cool guys. It's a father and son operation in um, Saint Louis. Uh, also an hour away. Everything is an hour away. Nope. Uh, <laughs> three hours away. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're three hours away. Uh, but it's from Domaine de Nival there in, uh, in St. Louis, as I was saying, sorry. Um, and Mathieu and Denis planted, uh, started planting in 2013, so these are, are, are really young vines. Um, they're planted to both uh, a mix of hybrids and vinifera, uh, as most producers are. Uh, they planted uh, Vidal, which is uh, a hybrid, uh, they're planted to Pinot Noir and Gamaret. Uh, it's a it's a Swiss grape that most people haven't heard about, uh, but it's uh, it's a really great uh, grape for our climate and also our climate. Emily, you were mentioning a little bit before, like talking about the climate. Like the climate is really challenging. That's true, and we have um, measures, you know, uh, for winter protection for the vines, mostly for vinifera, but for certain hybrids also that have a higher level of vinifera in their genes. Like they need, they need protection, like Ceval, for example, like a winter like last year, Ceval, if you don't protect it, it will die. Um, so most producers are planted to a, a mix of two for, of the two for the simple reason that if, um, if you get a really bad harvest with one, then you uh, are able to make wine still in hybrids are sometimes a little bit more uh, resistant to sickness and disease, uh, but that's arguable, but uh, we're not gonna get into that. Uh, so this is the Pinot Noir Cuvée Nature uh, from, from Nival uh, from last year, from 2017, which was a, a really weird vintage. We had a super rainy summer and then uh, had a ridiculous heat wave for three weeks in September. So the grapes were like not really ripe and then when they were trying to cross the finish line, they got that super intense um, uh, heat but it gave for something really balanced and delicious. Uh, this was uh, de-stemmed, punched down for about um, I, two and a half to three weeks, and then uh, was put in barrels and wasn't touched until the spring when it was bottled. No sulfur added uh, either at uh, vinification or bottling. It's a really bright, high acid, easy drinking red, as much as yeah. I like. Yeah, and uh, I was thinking about that uh, earlier. Um, I think it's, it's interesting how we're starting to make wine. Obviously, they're on the fresh side, fruit side, mm -hmm. northern wines. Um, but it's also kind of, it fits the palate of the consumers that's also wanting that yeah. mm -hmm. from other countries. So now it's like Quebec offers matching what actually people want to drink. Yeah. You know, like before, maybe 10 years ago, people, most people were still into the big wines Woody, I'm, I'm talking general, obviously, but they were into wines that are really, anyways, that we don't really like to drink. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and now it's kind of labeling, and I think it's really, really interesting. I mean, cool, cool climate is definitely cool the climate. <laughs> really, cool climate is all. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah, we're cool yeah. climate is cool. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Um, but it's, uh, it's interesting, the, the, the winemaking scene in Quebec right now is really, uh, as I was saying, is really exploding. And and we make a style of wine that is, uh, I think, difficultly comparable to anything because, mm -hmm. of course, because of the climate, but just like the people, we're, we started making wine 30 years ago. Like, we don't have a, a, a style that's already like 
definite. Like mm. everybody can make whatever they want, whatever they feel. They can try a lot of different things with a lot of different grapes, and uh, there's there's no guidebook. You know, it's it's when you are in a region, and we all travel a lot, and I'm sure you all do too. Like there's you you get up. You, you, you go to a, a producing country and there's always, always a set of rules, even if most of the winemakers that are here and that we love don't follow that set of rules, but uh, we don't have that. So uh, you're, you're up for a lot of really good surprises, I yeah. think, in, and I think it in will, the next few years. Yeah, it will come, but I think it will come, people will get experience, and then they will go out of it. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like what's happening in other countries, in Italy and France, and people have been in the Appalachians, they, you know, follow the rules and then they want to, you know, they master the rules. So now they know how to get out of them. Now us, we're just starting to make experience. You just, uh, we're just trying to make some, some wine that is good. And after, I think maybe we're gonna have a, an Appalachian. I, I, it's, I think it's starting to, to be discussed. Yeah, no, uh, uh, actually, it's gonna, it's gonna yeah. be. We're gonna have an, an IGP, so it's not. Properly in Appalachian, well, I mean it is, it is, but it's covering most of Quebec, which is absolutely ridiculous. Now we have to like, we have to kind of, you know, break these down with like actual Regions different catalogs. Yeah, but, uh, we're running out of time, right? But we are we. I think we still have uh, one more wine. We have one more wine. It's a really, but really cool. I wine. think there is a point also. It's uh, like uh, some of uh, wine growers we have today. It's also, we, I think we also in a way get influenced by all the offer of natural wine that we get in, in Montreal. I mean, uh, I was not where we are 10 years ago and it's, it's because also I was drinking something else yeah, of course. Uh, because of all this offer and also because a lot of winemakers from everywhere in the world, they come in Quebec and they come to visit, visit us. So yeah. we get also some new Feedback. vision of what we are doing and we get also some experience from that. Yeah. So it's also growing fast because of that. Yeah. Like uh, the next one we, with Fred, he was wine agent before. Yeah. So it's, he, that's why when he started already was in the right direction he, and he, he went fast because of that also. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> the um, last wine that we have, um, please be ready, it's a punch in the face, uh, but it's, uh, it's, it's a very, very good wine. And you've probably heard of it. Um, it's made by Frédéric Simon from Pinarifi, uh, whose reputation uh, grew a lot bigger than his production. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> and people uh, are going crazy over these wines with reason because they are very good. Um, Fred was a, a restaurant owner, a sommelier. Uh, he, had, he had an importing agency. He did literally pretty much everything you can do in the wine world. And then in um, 2011, started uh, planting vines in Magog, which is two hours away, not one, uh, from, from Montreal. Um, although the cuvee that, the, that we're presenting today is not uh, made with uh, his grapes, that's some grapes that he's buying. So Fred uh, made kind of a name for himself when he said that, um, when he said if, if, um, if hybrids were good, uh, people will know about it. <laughs> and uh, he got quoted on that in the newspaper, and it, um, it really uh, helped promoting his production. Uh, but then uh, he tasted with Deirdre and uh, realized that uh, people were actually talking about hybrids because some people are making really good wines with them. And um, so he was really inspired by Deirdre, and uh, in 2017, and uh, no, I'm sorry, 
16, first vintage, uh, he started buying with this guy uh, in La Noray, uh, who's only growing hybrids. Uh, the bottle that we're drinking, the, the wine is named Frangine. Um, it's made of 100% La Crescent. Deirdre also has, uh, Deirdre from La Garagista, I'm sorry, I'm talking like, uh, sorry. Uh, but from La Garagista, who's here today, uh, she's making some crazy wines with the same grape, which is a long cousin of Muscat of Alexandria, so it's a very pungent, intense, aromatic grape. Um, and Frangine uh, was destemmed, but has seen 120 days of skin contact. So it's, uh, uh, I mean, it does um, bring out that very intense um, aromatics. Uh, also, I mean, people go crazy over the labels of Finarifi because they're made by Marc Seguin, who's a very famous artist um, in in Quebec. So it, that's uh, that's, uh, that's how. Yeah, and here too, actually. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's, he's famous everywhere. But and this is the first wine that's been made in Quebec that's been exported out of Quebec. Oh, I was also. Yeah, I think I think some were. I think some some very bad wines also were exported. Not yeah, yours, yeah. <laughs> but some very bad yeah. wines also were uh, exported. But. Um, ice wine also maybe ice like wine ice of course cider. like yeah. ice cider stuff like this yeah. but in terms of like the new recent exciting production yeah. um fred is now represented by zebrovin here uh, in i mean in new york and in other states that zebeda is in sorry voila great <laughs> does anyone have any questions for the panelists before we kind of conclude the discussion Thank you all for being here. Thanks for coming. Thank <laughs>